Okay, if you uh, have a Bible with you or a cell phone or an iPad or whatever, or you want to look at the one in the underneath, Galatians 5.22, no surprise. So, I don't know if you noticed on your outline this morning yet, the title of the message is Be Sticky. Uh, when I say be sticky, uh, there are several ways that you can look at being sticky. I'm not talking, have you ever shaken hands with somebody and the hands were kind of clammy? That's not the kind of sticky I'm talking about, <laughs> clammy hands. There's a sticky, there's a sticky like with a sticky note. That's sticky. It'll stay there, but gosh, it just comes off really easily. That's not, that's not the kind of sticky I'm talking about either. This thing I'll use on my clothes to get the dog hair off. That's sticky, but it's not real sticky because I can roll it. Then there's scotch tape. Come up here, Victor. Let your hand. Scotch tape. Scotch tape is... <laughs> It's kind of yeah. sticky. This is not duct tape. It's kind of sticky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of sticky, but it came off. Yeah. With my hair. No, don't go away yet. Oh, you got more. No, I love you, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna put that on your on your on your uh, arm where there's hair, yeah. but. That's sticky. Yeah. It doesn't come off so easy. Okay? Mm. That's the kind of sticky I'm talking about. Now, it'll come off, and if I were cruel, I could put it up on his upper arm like I did with the scotch tape, and it would come off, but it would be painful, and it would be difficult. That's not the kind of sticky I'm talking about. This is sticky, and it's not going to just slip off. You can get it off, but it, it requires some work, and it can be a little painful. Now what if I what if I do this? Now we're both sticky. Yeah. <laughs> that means one or the other, where I go you go or where you go I go, one of the yeah. two. Okay. So that's the kind of sticky I mean, is that it's real, it's there, we're with each other, we can we can sever it. We can, we can take it off, and if it's around your arm, it's going to be real painful. But sometimes, as I referred to in the greedy time a minute ago, sometimes we're not very sticky with each other. Too easily, somebody can just bah, mad at you about something, so they leave. And you know, I don't have a particular situation in mind. You can, you can sit down there. Thanks. But as a pastor for over 40 years, it was amazing to me how some people I thought they were sticky, we would say committed maybe, but least little thing, and they're gone. So I want to talk about sticky this morning in, in three different ways. And the reason I'm using the word sticky is in Galatians 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Patience is sticky. 
And then it goes on, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so you, you are all familiar with my dog, Jake. Jake is not patient. Now, I, I have to give Jared Willems credit for this sermon illustration because he, he, he gave me this idea. I had something else I was going to use, and he got this, which is better. So this is patience. This is not so patient. This is out of control. Okay? So you got, the, you got the picture. This is patience. So when Jake, when I get up in the morning, I always go in my office at home, and I do my devotions, and I'm in there at least an hour. Sometimes, like on Saturday morning, I'll stand there for three or four hours because I'm working on my sermon, and you know, I'm in there a long time. So Jake lays right outside my, my office door, and he lays there looking at me, and I think he's patient. And then when I get up to go to the bathroom, all of a sudden he kind of lights up. Now notice I'm describing a passage of time and some emotion or some anxiety, some excitement, some action. And then I go back to my office and he lays and looks at me some more. Once in a while they come one and nudge me. It's kind of like this. Then when I go in and I get my tennis shoes, because <laughs> he knows we're going to go for a walk, and he doesn't settle down. It's just like this until I get the collar on him and route the door, and then I can say heel, and then he kind of <laughs> goes like this, but not as much as I'd like sometimes. So you get the idea? Patience is an interesting word. We don't, at least I, I can't speak for you, I, th I think sometimes we misperceive the word patience. Sometimes patience can be served as com uh, perceived as complacency. I don't care. Uh, but patience is a very interesting word. In the, in the New International Version, uh, which I use the 84 translation, not the new one, it translated as I just read patience. In the King James Version, it translates it long-suffering. Isn't that interesting? Long-suffering. In uh, one translation, I don't remember which, which one it was, it translates it forbearance. So the idea of the word, if you study the, the Bible word for this, it's like there's, it's describing a, a, a period of time, but it's also describing a sense of passion or emotion. Long suffering. In other words, you're, 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 you're suffering a little bit while you're being patient. There, there's some emotion that's being dealt with while you're patient. So if you put it on a, on a, on a, a scale like this, where my left arm measures anxiety or action, and my right arm measures time passing, then patience is right here. And it stays right there over a long period of time. Now, that's not the reality of our life. Patience kind of goes like this, doesn't it? Some people get patient, Im impatient immediately. Some people get impatient over time. Some people get impatient immediately, and then over time they kind of settle down. 
And some people are patient, which has a lot to do with trust. <laughs> Watching a period of time go by and not getting too nervous about it because there's a level of trust that you have in the Lord or something that's going to happen. So I want to talk to you about being sticky in three different ways. I was going to say be sticky with God, but that just didn't sound right. So I said stick with God, okay? Stick with God, and, and partially that has to do with being persistent. So let me just ask you a question. I know the answer to this question. What do you, how many of you are waiting for something? I think probably all of us are if we'd stop and think about it. We're waiting for something to happen. Maybe we're waiting for our marriage to get better or a child to get better or a job to get better or to get a job or for our finances to get straightened out. It could be any number of things. There's an interesting verse in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And literally there it says, keep asking, keep seeking, and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. In other words, it's not, well, I'd like to have this, but for as long as it takes, you will keep asking and trust. Impatience would be this. Keep asking and trust would be patience like that. So the way I, my, my personal translation is it takes me a long time to get wound up. I'm not going to get anxious really quick under most circumstances. Somebody said the trouble is that I'm in a hurry and God isn't. It's true, isn't it? doesn't seem like he's in a hurry. We'll talk about why that is in a minute. So Ginger and I have this fir tree in our front yard. It's probably 30 feet high, I suppose, maybe 35. Pretty good-sized fir tree. It was just a small tree when we first moved in there 20 years ago. But when I was writing this sermon, I was looking out the window, and I looked and I saw that fir tree, and man, that fir tree has grown. Now, I don't go out there every day and say, Grow! You better grow today or I'm going to cut you down. Wouldn't accomplish anything because we know that it requires a period of time for it to grow. So if I know that, I'm good with it. I'm not going to cut it down. There's a, there's a Chinese bamboo tree. Maybe you heard this story before. A Chinese bamboo tree, you plant it and you fertilize it and you water it. And the first year, nothing happens. Nothing that you can see. Second year, fertilize it, water it. Nothing's happening. You can't observe anything happening. Third year, nothing. Fourth year, nothing. Fifth year, sometime during the fifth year in a period of five or six weeks, that bamboo will grow up to 95 feet. So did it grow in five years or did it grow in five weeks? Five years. But you just couldn't see, you didn't know 
this period of time has to pass, it causes us to be impatient. Impatient. When we know that a period of time is passing, and that's just what, what is required, then, then we're okay with that. But most of the time, we don't know how long it's going to take, do we? Ginger and I had some friends live in California now, and uh, many years ago now, their teenage daughter disappeared. And, I mean, just apparently disappeared off the face of the earth. They, they, they couldn't, they, they did it, they called the police, they did everything they could. They thought maybe that somebody had uh, kidnapped her and that she was being used in sex trafficking or something. They had no idea what, what happened to her. What do you suppose that mom was like? Oh, my gosh. And that's understandable, isn't it? You can, you can easily say, well, well, just trust the Lord. Well, yeah, but we're human beings, too, and we care about our family, and so she was pretty uptight. She prayed, and she was doing her best to trust, but it was, it was very difficult for her. Finally, uh, somebody in Washington, the state of Washington, called and said, there's this girl, two girls that have been staying with us for a few weeks, and they told us a story, but we don't know whether we believe them or not, and it was their daughter, and they found her. So patience is not a, you can't give a simplistic answer to patience. But one way of describing it is like Paul did in Romans chapter 8, is but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait patiently for it. So hope is out here, and we're waiting patiently for something that's out there to happen that hasn't happened as of yet. I love the story about Abraham. I don't know if you're familiar with this story or not in the Old Testament. Abraham was promised a son. And 24 years passed, no son yet from Abraham and Sarah. So it, it's too, too uh, long a story to go into in much detail, but three visitors is the way that it's translated in the NIV. Three visitors showed up one day at his tent, and we believe by the wording that is used there and other passages that it was three angels. One of them was probably a manifestation of Jesus. It, said, it says the Lord there. So these three visitors show up at Abraham's tent and one of them, the Lord said, this time next year, you're going to have a son. The problem is that Abraham is 99 years old and Sarah is 89 years old. Now, uh, Connie, what would you do if I told you you were going to have a baby next year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Sarah laughed. When the angel of the Lord said to Sarah, you're going to have a son next year, she laughed. She was in the tent. Abraham was outside. And so the Lord said, why did Sarah laugh? Sarah says, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> now, there's some speculation about why she laughed. Maybe she was laugh, laughing because she was excited, which she was, but that, kind, that little exchange didn't seem like that's what it was. So the next year when, when their son was born, they named him Isaac, which means laughter. In other words, the Lord in his timing, brought joy to our lives through our son, Isaac. They named him Laughter. I love that. 
A verse that I, when the sun is shining and I'm walking, I always quote this verse, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Day after day after day after day, whether something's happening or not, that's where my help comes from. So stick with God. Secondly, stick with people. Be persistent. Now, I illustrated with, uh, with Victor kind of what I mean by that, that when you stick with somebody, there's a sense of commitment. There's a sense of we're in this together over the long haul. It can be broken, but it takes a lot to break it. You can sever any relationship if you want to bad enough. But if you're stickier, you're, you stick with people, then you're committed over the, long, over the long haul. One definition of persistence I saw was persistence continuing a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. So be sticky in relationships. Who is testing your patience? Are you sticky with them? The other day I was sitting in my office at home Saturday morning, so I'm writing my sermon, and I'm just about through with it. I've got about 15 minutes to finish my sermon, and if you've done anything like that, you know that when you're in, when you're in there and you're in that mode, you don't want to get out because it'll take you 30 or 40 minutes to get back in the place that you were. So Ginger walked up to my office, and she said, Stan, I've forgotten the the password for our internet. What I didn't know was that Ginger had been working on getting that password for a day and a half. Ginger and passwords don't get along well. So uh, she came to me and she said, and I've been working on this a day and a half. And she was kind of like this. She wasn't amped up, but you could tell you work on something like that for a day and a half, you're, you're, getting, a little, you're getting a little impatient. So I said, Ginger, could you wait just 15 minutes and I'll help you? Now, I don't know if she went like this or not, but, but she didn't go like this. She, she said, okay, because she, she gets it. She's written messages before too. So she walked away. Now for a day and a half, you know how frustrating that is, trying to figure out something like that? For a day and a half, she's been going. And she disciplined herself to be at least this much with me. So I finished my sermon. I went in her office, and I said, okay, what's going on? I've been working on this for a day and a half. I can't figure it out. You gave me the password. It's the wrong password. I've used it over and over and over again. So I... Uh, I'm old, but I'm not dumb. So I, I, I was like this, and I said, Ginger, why don't you, why don't you let me take a look at it? Okay! <laughs> so she got up, and I sat down. Oh, it's fun to tell this story. <laughs> I sat down, and I sat there for a minute, and I thought, okay, I remember our daughter Kelly sitting in the other room. She was changing the password and I remembered what it was. And I must admit, I was smiling on the inside. <laughs> so I wrote in the password, and it worked. 
Ginger! What? I said, I got it. What? <laughs> but then she, but then she calmed down. Patience is so hard at times, isn't it? I told her, I told her right then, but I said, by the way, I'm I, I was writing a sermon on patience when you came in my office and you just gave me a great illustration. <laughs> but she, she didn't know. She didn't know what to think of that. So why do you get impatient? Often we get impatience because something is happening slowly, too slow for us. Sometimes we can get impatient when, when something's happening too quickly. Sometimes we get impatience because someone acts in a certain way or because someone fails to act. Sometimes we can get impatient because of a decision that someone makes. We wish they would have made a different decision or not made a decision at all. Sometimes we get impatient with incompetence. Interestingly, sometimes we get impatient with competence. Somebody's too good at something. How do you show your impatience? Anger? Silence? Get up and leave? Cross your arms? Go like this? All kinds of ways of showing impatience, isn't there? With Ginger, the way I show impatience is I say, Ginger. You know what she does when I go, Ginger? She's not very patient. The way Ginger shows impatience with me is she says, Simmons? <laughs> she says, Simmons, man, I know. I know there's some, something coming. When do you get impatient? Sometimes you get impatient because you think someone doesn't like you or maybe they don't like you. Sometimes because somebody's wronged you. I remember when I was early in my grocery store days, my boss fired the assistant manager and made me the assistant manager and then found out that he had fired him inappropriately so he hired him back. And I wasn't the assistant manager. I was the assistant manager for about a day. <laughs> and he told me some things that he was going to do, and he didn't do them. And I was very, very impatient. So much so that I eventually quit. You may become impatient because somebody has it out for you. They're not, they just haven't wronged you. They're, they're out to get you. That can bring impatience. I love this quote. It's by a man named Havner. He's a very famous preacher. He who waits on the Lord loses no time. He who waits on the Lord loses no time. Love is patient, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak. Be patient with everyone. In other words, over the passage of time, 
you have control of your emotions and you trust. It's not like this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So be patient with God. Over time, trust. Be patient with Him. It's difficult because we don't know how much time is going to pass. Be patient with people. And thirdly, stick with your priorities. Hopes, plans, dreams, priorities, we all have them. And sometimes it's very difficult to be patient when we have values that aren't being lived out, maybe being prevented from being lived out by someone else. I actually uh, worked on a project for nine years. Uh, it culminated just, uh, just a few years ago, and I, I worked on this project for nine years, and and originally, when I started to work on the project, it started like this. It started in anger. So no time had passed, and immediately, I wasn't long-suffering. I wasn't patient. Settled down, and I was about like this for probably two years about this particular situation. Time was passing. I wasn't being patient. I wasn't out of control, but I was not being patient. I was not long-suffering. I was not forbearing. But it motivated me to keep at it. So I went to some meetings that were like this. I went to some meetings that were like this, where nothing was happening. I cried once. I stayed up all night once. I quit once. Uh, someone flew thousands of miles to see me twice. So all this time is going by, and my patience is like this. Oh, there's hope. No, there's not hope. Oh, there's hope. There's not hope. And the passage of time with my Anxiety manifested a lack of patience. I can't wait to get this done. It has to be done now. Well, eventually, after nine years, after nine years, the project was successful. Now, I had to evaluate, and I'm still trying to evaluate to a certain degree, was I stubborn? Or was I patient? Probably both. Probably both. I wasn't very patient. I wanted it to happen a lot sooner than it did. And I was very impatient with people. There's a young man that uh, you might recognize his name if I'd, if I'd say it or know, know who he is. Uh, he's in SEAL training right now. And he called his dad called his granddad, actually, and he said, Grandpa, I said, we had to go lay on the beach. And they laid on, and this time of the year, the Pacific Ocean is not warm like the Atlantic Ocean is. The Pacific Ocean is cold, especially this time of the year. So he said, they made us lay on the beach where the surf was coming up over us. 
He said, you lay on the beach and the water comes in and the water goes out and you're, you're laying there and you think you're going to freeze to death. And the waves come in and you get sand in your mouth, you get sand in your eyes. And we had to lay there for eight hours. He said, the way that I survived was I have a blister on my toe that hurts. So I focused on the blister. That helped me survive. Uh, somebody said a man is a hero not because he's braver than anyone else but because he's brave 10 minutes longer than anyone else life is full of learning the art of patience I talked to a woman in the cleaners the other day who was very pregnant and I know by experience that she was very impatient for that baby to come I said, looks like you're getting close. She said, yep, this week. Then the baby's born, and, and then you're waiting patiently to find out if you're ever going to get a good night's sleep again. You wait for the child to start walking, and then you wish they didn't walk. And do you remember what it was like waiting for your driver's license? You know, I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. I was so impatient. I knew the period of time that was going to go by, and it wasn't going by fast enough. And I was anxious about it. I can't wait to get that job. I can't wait to get a raise. I can't wait to retire. <laughs> and then I couldn't wait to find a job. <laughs> There's no limit to how many things that we will be, our patience will be tested. When I pastored Faith Chapel, and I sincerely mean this, I have discovered here that there is a level of contentment and patience and uh, lack of entitlement that doesn't exist in middle-class churches often. I noticed at Faith Chapel over the years, and I, and I loved being there, I loved most days, but there was a high level of expectation. I want this, and someone else wants that, and they're impatient about it, and relationships are fragile. You're not doing that quite well enough, or you're doing that too well. Actually, I'd tell me people, you're doing it too well. Really? I, I think I understand that. I remember sitting in my office for a period of weeks one time early on, and I, and I kept saying to the Lord, Lord, is this church ever going to grow? Lord, do you know how hard I'm working? And one day the Lord, the Holy Spirit, prompted me about a passage of scripture in the Old Testament. It's actually in Exodus and Deuteronomy where it, where it talks about not despising the day of small beginnings. And it talks about if I gave it, I'm going to give it, I'm gonna, here's the way it says it, I'll give you the land little by little. 
And then it goes on to say, this is my paraphrase translation, it goes on to say, if I gave it to you all at once, it would smother you. The devil would overwhelm you. I said, okay. Okay, let's, let's grow at your pace, not my pace. It's nice to get things like that, isn't it? It helps our patience. I love this. You'll love this too. Charles Spurgeon said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. <laughs> isn't that great? Is the Lord patient with you? Oh, golly. Golly, I hear you all groaning. I look back from the time, I won't repeat the story, but from the time I was five until I was 25, that was a period of long suffering for the Lord, I think, except he knows the outcome. He was so patient with me. Five to 25, 20 years. Received Christ, and the Lord is delighted about that, and I was delighted about that. But you know, I'm 75 now. It's 50 years have gone by. And his patience is still required. Not, as, not in the same degree, not in the same way, but it's still required. What are you trying to accomplish? We'll go back to this timing thing. Larry and I were talking about this the other day. The Lord, to the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. A thousand years is like a day. That's pretty quick. Things happen quickly. But it says right after that, to the Lord, a day is a thousand years. So if the Lord says, give me a minute, <laughs> it's kind of a different deal, isn't it? Patience. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Now, perseverance and patience aren't the same thing. But if you're patient, you will be persevering. Period of time passes without us overreacting to that period of time. We live in trust. We're at ease. We're long-suffering. Someone said it this way, to persevere on a course without distraction or diversion is a power that has enabled men of moderate capability to reach heights of attainment that have eluded the genius. They have no secret formula other than to persevere to stick with it, to trust. So here's how I want to conclude this morning. If you're, if you're finding yourself right now in a place where you're in angst because something isn't happening at your pace, I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't quit. Maybe, maybe your level of emotion is going up and you're about ready to blow over something, trust the Lord. Trust His timing. Trust His way. He knows how long it's going to take. You might not know how long it's going to take. Sometimes even when you do know how long it's going to take, we still get impatient, but usually we don't know how long it's going to take. Trust Him. Trust His timing. Trust His way. Trust that He has a hold of you. 
and don't quit. I just, felt, I just put that in my notes this morning when I was praying earlier, and I thought, maybe, maybe the Lord's saying that to somebody today. Don't quit. Looks like it's never going to happen. Don't quit. Don't give up. So, Lord, this morning, I'd be the first one to say I know that sometimes I'm impatient. I think we all are for lots of different reasons. But, Lord, the bottom line is we, we want to trust you with our lives, to trust your time, to trust your way, to trust you when we can't see the outcome, to trust you when we can see the outcome and we don't like it. Whatever it is that's testing our patience right now, Lord, we just want to say again with our handshake, we know you've got us. And Lord, we want to reciprocate and say to you, we've got a hold of you too, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I just want to ask if there's anyone here this morning that has not yet put their faith in Jesus. I'm not asking if you believe in Jesus. I'm not asking you if you believe in God. Most people do, though they some won't admit it. I'm asking you, have you accepted his offer of forgiveness and new life? He did everything on the cross that needs to be done. It's a matter of you saying, Yes, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were raised from the dead. And I'm putting my faith in you today. I want to walk with you and live my life with you. My eternity is in your hands. There's something stirring in you this morning because you haven't done that yet, but you want to today. I won't embarrass you. Nobody else is looking around, but just... Lift up your head and look at me and hold your hand up long enough that I can see you. Yes, sir, I see you. God bless you. You're saying, yes, Jesus, I put my trust in you. And you too, yes, I put my trust in you. And you as well, sweetheart. I put my trust in you, Jesus. Anyone else? Yes. Lord, I know this might sound crazy to some people, but I pray that you would grab a hold of their hand and they would know that you've got them. You've got them. And help them walk in the security of that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.